0: Good morning, everyone. Um, I'd like to start this morning by reading Psalm 90. So, this psalm is attributed to Moses, uh, probably in the time when um, when he was leading Israelites in the in the wilderness. Um, read this yesterday, and uh, I don't know I just found it really helpful. So, let's read that together. A psalm, a prayer of Moses, the man of God. Lord. You have been our refuge in every generation. Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world, from eternity to eternity, you are God. You return mankind to the dust, saying, Return, descendant of Adam. For in your sight a thousand years are like yesterday that passes by, like a few hours of the night. You end their lives, they sleep. They are like grass that grows in the morning. In the morning it sprouts and grows. By evening it withers and dries up. For we are consumed by your anger. We are terrified by your wrath. You have set our unjust ways before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. For all our days ebb away under your wrath. We end our years like a sigh. Our lives last 70 years. Or if we are strong, 80 years. Even the best of them are struggle and sorrow. Indeed, they pass quickly and we fly away. Who understands the power of your anger? Your wrath matches the fear that is due you. Teach us to number our days carefully so that we may develop wisdom in our hearts. Lord, how long? Turn and have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your faithful love so that we may shout with joy and be glad all our days. Make us rejoice for as many days as you have humbled us. For as many years as we have seen adversity, let your work be seen by your servants and your splendor by their children. Let the favor of the Lord be on us. Establish for us the work of our hands establish the work of our hands. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that we can come before you in prayer boldly because Jesus was crucified to take our sin on himself and exchange our rags for his righteousness. Lord, we ask for your mercy this morning as we've just read Next to eternity our lives are short and so easily we turn from you and our trust in Jesus to other things. Sometimes we're afraid or distracted or busy or just want to do our own things. Forgive us for this, Lord, and help us to turn back to you. Teach us afresh that the only satisfying answer to all that we face in life is obedience and trust in your grace and mercy. Help us to wait patiently on you, to trust your providence for us and what we're doing. Give us courage and boldness to step forward in the faith that you have given us, whatever that might mean in our lives. We pray for those of us who are going through difficult times, whether it's work, illness or something else. These things do seem big, Lord, but we ask for that eternal perspective that we have just read Help us to see these things with eyes of faith and trust in your ultimate love and care for us. Again, Father, we pray with Moses, let the favour of our God be on us. Establish for us the work of our hands, because without you, Lord, nothing we attempt will succeed. But when you are with us, your abundant blessings flow out from us to those around us. Finally, Father, we pray for Carol as she comes to share with us this morning. Thank you for her faithfulness and obedience to you. Bless what she has prepared, and we ask that your Holy Spirit would work through her to bless us today. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Good morning, everybody. You might um, remember that back in January, I spoke to you about the transformation ministry, which the Lord is using in many parts of the world to reach people for Jesus and to change societies and to eradicate systemic poverty. And that's something of what we saw in uh, uh, Christmas Child as well, because it's certainly the children who can be reached uh, much more easily than adults, and that's a wonderful thing to have witnessed. And I also spoke about the fact that the church is far more than what happens here on Sunday mornings inside these four walls. We don't go to church, we are the church, seven days a week, wherever we are. And we're meant to be making a difference in the lives of people around us, at home and at work and in our sports clubs and interest groups. We take the presence of Jesus with us and use any and every opportunity um, to share the love of Jesus with as many people as we can, to bring the light of Jesus to them. And many of them have been made to feel that they are sinners and that Jesus could never care about them or would want to know them. And if you have struggled like I have over the years in how to um, share your faith, it may interest you to know that in Corinthians 4, verse 4, it says that the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, that they might not see the light of the gospel. So as soon as we start to share the good news about Jesus, the demons get busy. And we can encounter fear and doubt, confusion and even anger in the people that we're trying to share Jesus with. In Acts 26:17, we are told that the Lord has given us the responsibility of opening the eyes of the lost. And he says, "I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to the power of God." And my reaction was to that was, "Who me?" That can be our reaction when we think that we are the ones that have to go out and find the courage and the right words uh, to try and talk to people about Jesus. But the good news is that in Luke chapter 10, Jesus has given us instructions that overcome the work of the enemy as we try and talk to people about him. Firstly, when you enter a house, say peace to this house and so you play a blessing over it. Secondly, stay in that house and eat and drink whatever they give you, so that is to fellowship with them and to get to know them. Next, heal the sick who are there, so we pray for their felt needs, whether it's illness or some other struggle that they're having. Then, when their prayers have been answered, tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you, which is where God loves and cares for us, where there is grace and concern for one another and kindness and peace. And this type of ministering to people is called prayer evangelism. It's not a technique or a method, but it's meant to be a lifestyle. The blessing of prayer evangelism is not so much us talking about Jesus as it is putting him on display so that his works do the talking for him. We speak with God about... Sorry, before we ever speak to God about our friends... I've got that wrong. I know I've got that wrong. Before we ever try and speak to our friends about God, we speak to Him about them. And uh, when we do get an opportunity to speak to Him, it will be in His timing and He will open the door for us to do it. So don't be put off by this phrase prayer evangelism. It's not about large blocks of prayer it's about praying a little and regularly and you can do it from your home you can do it when you're walking in the street past their house or driving down the street past their house but be open to promptings from the Holy Spirit about how to pray and ask God to open doors and opportunities to meet with the neighbours that you don't know you might be like me and have prayed for people over the years that you've been trying to reach but nothing really seems to happen I prayed for and with my neighbour for about 12 months and I used any opportunity I could to bless her but she just never seemed to be able to take that step of faith. So after the conference I was able to start praying the Lord's peace over her and this is what thwarts the work of the enemy and softens their hearts and helps them not to feel threatened. And It was my very great joy to tell you that since praying that over for her a few months, she gave her heart to Jesus just one month ago. So there was great rejoicing over that. And she has now got a new Bible and she's got a daily devotional and she's just really going on for the Lord. So peace is a very powerful thing. And we know that it's peace that passes all understanding. And in his sermon on Good Friday, Sam called it the Peace of Conquest, Because peace is the presence of the Holy Spirit and it's something that changes the atmosphere around us and within us and the enemy retreats from it. Instead of confusion, fear, doubt and anger, we find that there is calmness and interest and an openness for our friends to share what's on their hearts. The second step is to fellowship with them and bless them and I have discovered during this that uh, kindness is catching People greatly appreciate anything you do for them, any little thing, and they want to do something for you in return. And as the relationship grows, trust is built and they are more inclined to share the deep things that are troubling them that are on their hearts. And when I came back from the conference in the US where I learned about this ministry, I stood at the end of our driveway and asked the Lord, how am I ever going to get to meet and get to know all the people in this street? There are over 20 houses And after 13 years, I knew the people in four of them. I began praying for the people by house numbers, for the peace of Jesus and his blessing to be with each individual and household. And that was all I prayed for weeks. But within that time, five significant things happened and I knew that it was the Lord showing me that it was working. They were only small, but one example was that as I was leaving the home of one of my neighbours, a lady I was particularly wanting to meet came out of her house and went to the letterbox. So I went over to introduce myself to her and as we chatted, she just poured her heart out to me about a lot of stuff that was going on in her life and in the middle of it she said, oh, no, I don't have a faith, and then chatted on about other things and I just thought, that's amazing. It was stuff that would take weeks or many, many coffee catch-ups to discover that and that's what God did. So when the lockdown came, I put a note in each letterbox offering to help in any way that we could. Shopping, someone to chat to, someone to pray with, assuring them that they weren't alone and gave them my phone number. And very quickly I received several grateful texts back, some offering to help us if we needed any help. So we had one of the neighbours down the road who looks after dogs for people and she had lost work during, uh, COVID. So when I heard the news about that, I took some roses down to her and just checked that she was okay and asked if there was anything we could do. And, um, it just created a bond between us straight away. And we've chatted occasionally since. And she now waves whenever she go past, goes past the house and sees us. And she's actually looking after my daughter's dog this weekend. But then came Easter. And I put a packet of Easter eggs in, uh, with a little card in each letterbox. And over Easter and in the days that followed, we received gifts and texts and cards back from several of our neighbours. And this one is my favourite. <laughs> she called it uh, toilet, go- toilet paper gold. And uh, it was during the toilet paper crisis and the middle of it was filled up with chocolate eggs, which was just wonderful. And then the next one, a little girl from up the street, Myla, and thankfully she put on there, Myla at number four. And uh, she thanked us for the Easter eggs, so I was able then to go across and introduce myself to her mum and thank uh, Myla for her beautiful card. And every one of these incidents gave me names to pray for instead of street numbers, And Richard has been doing a lot of work out the front in our garden and people now stop and chat and two have actually crossed the street to come over and thank him for the Easter eggs that we gave them. And that's never, ever happened before. So now out of 20 houses in our street, I know or have had contact with people in 14 of them and that is 32 people and that's just been this year. And I continue to pray for all of them, adults and children. And all of this has been done by the Lord as he's opened the door that many doors that have been closed and there's been nothing awkward or forced about it. It's all just flowed and it's been amazing um, the way the spiritual climate in our street has changed and it's the small things that make a difference. Scripture tells us not to despise small beginnings so you don't have to think you have to start big. The Lord will show you each step along the way. But the only thing that he really wants from us is to take that first step, to bless and to pray, and show them the kindness of Jesus, and he'll do the rest. You may not be able to see yourself doing anything to bring about change in our world, but God might certainly have his eye on someone that you know and wants you to bring into the kingdom that he's waiting for to be able to fulfil his plans. So it's just very simple things that you do that can create the change. And at every stage, the only thing the Lord wants us to do is to listen to him and do what he puts on our hearts. Because I know at times I've felt really overwhelmed with it when I've tried to think about how am I going to get to know these people? How am I going to keep it going? How am I going to keep up with everybody? But he just calms me right down and says, just do it for the one that I bring to mind. And that's what I do. So I don't have to look at the whole picture. I just focus on the one in the street that he wants me to make contact with at that time. I know that his plans are perfect and he knows our friends and neighbours and love them so I just want to be guided by him and now I can pray for more than just the Lord's blessing and peace to be over them because as they've shared with me and told me some things I can be more specific and one example of that there there is one of the mums that came over to have a coffee with me there she's in a, a relationships a relationship with a young man and they have a beautiful little girl that they adore and they aren't married. But it's a strong desire of her heart to be married. She would love for that to happen but for whatever reason he isn't able to take that step. And so now I know that I can pray for that on their behalf because I know that that is God's will for them. And so I'm praying for that now and it will be interesting to see what God does. So these four steps that I've given you, and not a method or a technique, as I said, they are meant to become a lifestyle and that's something that we keep on doing wherever we find ourselves. And I'm sure that many of us have a somewhat difficult family member or several, and uh, these steps really work too within the family in the same way. But it's not a quick fix, although the Lord may bless us with a significant and sudden breakthrough, we need to be patient and obedient and in getting to know them, socialising with them, building up the trust so that they feel we are someone that they can talk to. And as we are given the opportunity to pray for them, the answers will come. And they will know and see that we have something that they want for themselves. And then the Holy Spirit will open the door for a deeper conversation. But if we try and shortcut the process and go straight to sharing the gospel without building the relationship, we will most likely get the same results that we might have had in the past. And we need to just follow uh, the uh, example that Jesus gave us. The Bible tells us that he was full of grace and truth, and he always showed the people grace and compassion before he talked to them, spoke the truth to them. So those two things go together and I can only say to you that this really works. And we are now uh, neighbours with the school so I've chosen a video clip for you today to show you about the transformation that can take place um, when these principles are applied. Uh, Just to give you a bit of background, there is a private school in Silicon Valley in California called the Valley Christian School and it was on its knees and really struggling when a new principal was appointed. And he used prayer evangelism to transform this school and the, result, the results have been astounding. Because of their location and the wealth of the region, they've had access to programs run by NASA and Microsoft and God told the principal that to those who much has been given, much will be expected. And so they've used their God-given resources to bless the public schools around them and this video is about one of those schools. And I'm not showing you the clip today to say that this type of program is what we should do, but you'll see that there are key steps leading up towards it that we can recognise and we can put into practice. So God doesn't want copycats. He already has the plans for the Hills Church in this location. He just wants us to be serious about discovering them and obeying them, doing what he tells us to do and how to go and make disciples. And the children are never too young to be disciples, as we've seen in that wonderful Operation Christmas Child video. So as we pray the Lord's peace over the school and meet with the chaplain and the school's decision-makers and ask how can we help, the Lord will reveal the plan that he already has in mind for us. And we know that other churches are serving there and we pray that God will continue to bless their work. But we have a unique God-given opportunity because we are so close to the school and the Lord will enable us to build a relationship with them that lets Jesus shine and we don't want to cooperate sorry, we don't want to compete we want to cooperate and to bless them and our state laws that prohibit religion being taught in schools don't apply to Jesus because no one and nothing can keep Jesus out of the school and as we go in and serve and pray peace and blessing over them they will see him So we'll just watch the video clip now.
2: So you remember I told you our prayer intercessors started praying that God would call a pastor, speak to a pastor, about being able to take the same principles that we use. We've observed seven steps that God took us through to be able to do these programs. And I wrote them down because... Pastor Matt and Danny Kim um, are doing these steps, and Pastor Matt's going to come and talk to us in a moment. But first, let's show the video while they're coming up.
3: Have you ever wanted to reach out and bring Christians who are passionate about goodness, peace, and joy onto the campuses of your local schools? but felt the restrictions having to do with the separation of church and state? In San Jose, Trinity Church is a small congregation with a big vision. Pastor Matt, in association with Ecclesia in Education, has intentionally followed seven simple steps that has allowed this local church to become relevant, giving opportunities to meet the felt needs of their school community.
2: Are first of all that you pray.
3: We have been praying
4: for God to open doors, and we've just found door after door being opened after we pray. They
1: will be history makers and world shapers, Father God. That the public
3: school will rise up, Father God, for you, Daddy. Father, thank you, Lord.
2: And the second step then is to cast the vision.
3: Step three is to meet the principals and determine the felt needs of their school.
1: He walked into our office one day, asked if he could meet with us and simply said, this is where we're located. We're right on the other side of the fence and we want to be good community members. We want to be a good neighbor. And he asked us simply what we needed.
2: And the first thing she said is, well, you could you could uh, provide for the break room. And then I asked her, could you make a list, something that, that you are dreaming about that we can help with?
1: And so we thought about it for a little while and one of the things that we really are looking forward to is building up, and um, we call it our STEAM program, so science, technology, engineering, arts, and math.
5: Being able to s- introduce a fourth grader or fifth grader uh, in, t- in, uh, in a science and technology experiment that does an experiment in the International Space Station, they get really involved into it.
4: An opportunity such as this really does put our students in a place where they are able to engineer and experience things that they don't even realize is out there.
2: The next step was then to uh, make a plan together with the principal uh, that we are in this together. How can we together uh, reach the kids?
1: We felt very comfortable through the whole process. We felt like we can be very honest because he's been very honest. Um, there hasn't been any sort of feeling that you know we're being uh,
2: bamboozled into something. Next is to recruit volunteers. Uh, right now, I'm willing to be engaged in uh, helping students explore experiments and science and uh, ultimately uh, some experiment to go up to the space station.
0: It's gonna power on, it's gonna do a little test, I call this like a little dance, you know, the little LEDs dance around.
2: We celebrate with the parents
3: All parents love to see their children succeed, achieve their dreams, and walk with confidence into their destiny.
2: The seventh step is simply to evaluate, to document. Those are the seven steps.
3: The Junior University and Lighthouse Initiatives provide creative opportunities to implement the seven steps of Ecclesia in Education, generously sharing academic, spiritual and social resources. Each endeavor opens a door of opportunity and blesses both the giver and the receiver.
2: There is no reason why a private uh, school that is well endowed should have this opportunity and the title one schools or the underperforming or underprivileged schools or
5: neighborhoods don't. How much more motivation, excitement can you get put into a child and, and to be able to put them on the path where they can now discover their true talents and skills.
3: We want to enable every child to hear the truth and have the choice to follow Jesus working together with church and education, we have the opportunity to bring the kingdom of God to every child on every campus across the nation and beyond.
2: As I watch that video and remember all that God has done, I'm absolutely amazed at the hand of God. All glory be to Jesus. It is His work. The manifest presence of Christ, something that Dr. Silvoso mentioned, uh, really stood out to me. I mentioned that this morning. Something I've felt, something something I've, uh, I couldn't really put my finger on it just the way that you did, Dr. Silvoso where he is coming from the presence of God, and he is with us where two or three of us are gathered, and we inquire of him, and he goes before the throne of God, and he does mighty things. I like what Poncho said. Also, uh, I didn't know what I was doing. God had the plan from eternity, though. He was going to download it. God can accomplish it. I began to pray in my office, as a good pastor usually does, in his office, studying and <laughs> praying. And uh, what, what, unbeknownst to me, I didn't realize I was not alone in of course. I knew people prayed the Lord's Prayer, I was being prayed for. But I didn't know there was such a great group of intercessors up on the hill praying. And I've been praying, Lord, what is your will? There's a public school next door to us. We're leasing land. And the buildings to an elementary school, a Christian elementary school, Valley Christian elementary school, what is your will? I went to uh, the principal, Gabe. He introduced me to Dr. Dougherty's second book. I read the whole thing. I couldn't stop. This is a man after my own heart, I thought. I wanted to meet him. We met I learned about the prayer intercessors and felt moved by God to join them, so I went up to the hill. They came back down the hill and prayed at our church. In fact, we stood at the very edge facing the elementary school, and we prayed God's peace over the school. And then Joan, one of the intercessors, came to our church and explained how, well, maybe I don't have to pray alone in that office. I could have a team of intercessors at our church. And that's exactly what happened. Three or four people volunteered right away to be intercessors, and we've been praying every Tuesday since. And God has richly blessed. When I went to that principal and we started providing um, refreshments in the break room, there was one day it was filled with people, administrators, teachers, other workers, so I turned to them, you know, I usually pray over this food. Ruth Silvoso, I'd read her book, and she mentioned you pray over the food. And I wasn't preparing it. I was just kind of setting it out. And uh, and I said, you don't mind if I?" this is my habit? And they said, no, we don't mind. But hey, could you pray a blessing over us? And so I prayed in the name of Jesus for all those people right there. We put it on appeal. That's right. That's right. I don't have permission to talk about Jesus on that campus. In fact, they told me I could now. But I said, you know, would there, would there be people that wouldn't come to the classes if we put that in their permission slip? And they said, uh, well, yeah, there, there would be. So I said, then don't. Because you know what? Jesus doesn't need permission. Where two or three are gathered, there is he. And those kids know Jesus. Danny would have a story, I think, to tell about that. I remember uh, you could tell us about one response. One of the kids came right up to you one time.
4: Yeah.
5: One of the best things about this program and how we can get into the schools is not only are we providing something that they absolutely want, that is a phenomenal experience. But we get to actually speak God into their lives. Actually, one of the kids, when we were teaching this elementary program for the first time, after the first day, he came up to me, and he had a million questions. And I was talking him about the, the wonders of the universe and whatnot, and, and he, he, after a while, stops me. He says, is God real? Can you tell me about God? And you know, when they ask you that question, you can answer From your personal experience, you know what? This is how other people say it, but I personally believe this is who created the universe. And this is why you're created. Can you imagine this type of opportunity that you can have with your kids in the elementary schools? Now, when Pastor Bat put his foot out, stepped out of his church, he went and he engaged with his local community, he became my hero. As you can see, I'm actually starting to dress like him. Because, they,
4: <laughs> because we all should be heroes. So um, thank you, Carol, for sharing. And uh, I know Carol's been on this journey for a long time. She came to me uh, a while back and said, I want to go to the U.S. To, to this conference. And I knew it was on her heart. This is something that God's stirring in her and that she's now leading us as a church. As a leadership team, we've all discussed this and feel like this is for us as a church moving forward. And so therefore, Carol's actually got a training course commencing on the 5th of October. And for anyone who is interested, I know the first time she spoke in January, lots of people came up to her and said, you know, at work, I'll just look for ways in doing this and or in my school or my neighborhood, we we all have neighbors, we all have work colleagues, we all have family members, and this is and so often, like Carol said, you know, we think, oh, it's up to someone with the gift to be an evangelist. It's up to someone else to do the, the call to to disciple and to bring people to Christ. No, God's actually called each and every one of us. And a very simple, easy, affordable. Engaging method is to simply pray blessing over those people that we feel that the Lord is is calling to us. So, if you feel really uh, called to this, I really invite you to come along to the course. Carol's going to be available in the room next door after the service. So, if you want to have a chat with her, and she's going to talk a bit more about that, is that right? Ah, on a night that suits everyone. So I'm, I'm hoping to be part of that as well. Um, and we're, we're running over time, so I just want to finish the service now, but just really encourage each and every one of you to just be, um, actually, let's do that now. As as we've been engaging and listening to, to what God is, is doing and speaking through Carol, and what a great joy it was that she could actually lead her neighbour to the Lord. Isn't that an amazing thing? Simply through praying and believing. And so, as we end today, can we just close our eyes? And I want to lead you in a prayer. And I just want, um, you know, Carol mentioned that the Lord bring to mind those to pray for and, and ask to, to pray a blessing over. And as, Lord, as we've got our eyes closed and as we um, walk out of this space today, as as Carol said, you know, we are the church and that you are calling us to so much more than simply gathering. You're calling us to make a difference in lives and in the community around us. And so, Lord, as we're praying now, we just pray that you would, as we think about our workplace, those spheres of influence that we have in our lives, as we think about our neighbours, as we think about our family, As we think about other people, Lord, we just pray right now that you just bring names, faces to mind. Right now, Lord, as we pray, bring into our minds a name that you want us to go out and to begin praying for. Begin praying that you would open up doors of relationship building, of opportunity to speak blessing and love over them. And that, Lord, we would be confident and faith-filled that we would start to be praying and believing that you're going to do amazing things for that person, just one person. Put that on our hearts now, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Well, that's actually one more thing to do. I spent some time uh, with Dave Potter. Dave, I'm pretty sure you'll be happy with me mentioning this uh, during the week. And Dave's been praying for some some more time because he said, if I have more time, I've got some words I want to say. And as he said that, you know what I said? I said, I want to hear those words because I believe a man of faith and years and wisdom has got a lot to say, and I want to I wanna be able to hear those words. So can we... Those around Dave, can we just um, put your hand out towards Dave? And I just want to just pray pray a word of healing over him. And if it's the Lord's will that he has those extra years, that he have the strength to be able to say those things that he really wants to say and that we'd see fruit out of those words. Can we, can we pray for that? Lord Jesus, we thank you for Dave. We thank you for the way he's blessed our church family. For the way he's lived a life of faith, a life of trust in you, a life of desiring to to, to live a life that is 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 worthy, that is uh, lifting your name. More than that, is is declaring your truth over those around him. We know uh, that we here look up to him, and we know that there has been people in his his work spheres that have looked up to him and and admire him. Uh, for the character that you've put in his heart, and it is his desire, Lord, to be able to share that faith and to have words to say beyond this time. And so Lord, now right now we pray for a, a word of healing in his body. We ask that you'd be doing a, a miracle, an amazing work in him, Lord, that in Jesus' name that you'd uh, bring healing and wholeness, that he'd have strength, And that he have words to say that others might hear and that they'd bear fruit for your kingdom. That we'd see others come to faith through his desire, Lord, to lift up your kingdom, to lift up your gospel, to declare your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you, Dave. And bless everyone here. I trust that you've had a good time this morning. Invite you to have a coffee. And, and, and have a chat. And before you go, just remember to grab uh, your envelope. It'll be named. Don't grab someone else's name. Uh, on the table as you leave uh, towards the car park, make sure you grab your envelope and be praying for and believing for God to do amazing things as we meet next week. The Lord bless you.